Welcome, everybody, to Men of Integrity Podcast, where we're instilling the basic principles of honor, respect, and integrity amongst men. Today, we sit down with Elliot Aruna, who runs the podcast King Needs God, and we're going to talk about what integrity looks like in his life and how he's walking that out. So, let's talk. So King Needs God, man, Where, what first inspired you to, you know, to realize that there is a shortage of um, men leading the charge to bring other men to the knowledge of God and, you know, showing them what that walk looks like, man. So how did you, how did you come to that? Back in 2014 for me, I really began to, I desired to have my own talk show. Um mm-hmm. Centered on just men. Um, so I did a YouTube uh, talk show uh, called Royal Manhood. Uh, Royal Manhood TV. You can probably like search it on YouTube and see it. There's some old yeah, videos. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. We did a couple seasons. It was good. Like We had some Twitter buzz. Uh, but I, I started feeling like I wasn't reaching the people I was supposed to reach. Mm. A lot of women were like, yeah, like we need this, we need this. But there was no guys. Right. the guys that were there and a couple of people I knew. Uh, so I kind of was like, oh, I don't do this no more because I'm not getting the attention that I want from the right audience. Um, and, and then maybe, you know, fast forward a few years, I found myself getting angry a whole lot with just how men kind of compromise the standard for women. Right. Uh, compromise. And I talked about that in the podcast with Samson and Delilah's story. Samson kind of compromised his position Right. Just so that he can be accepted by Delilah. And right. so I see that a whole bunch of times with other men where like, you know, we don't care. Like we, we say whatever we want because, you know, we feel like we can. We treat women, you know, how we want because we feel like we can. And I get so angry about it. Like my wife will tell you, like, you start talking to me about something a dude did to a woman, I start getting hot. Right, right. So I know that's somewhere where the Lord kind of wanted me to be positioned at, but because I wasn't getting the interest of men, I was like, man, like, this is a waste of time. Like, I'm not doing it. Um, yeah. Until one day, maybe last year, I think it was really as I was getting ready to move out here to Indianapolis, um, my wife, who was my girlfriend back then, mm-hmm. said, you should really start doing some more stuff for, for men. And I said, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to waste my time. Um, and I was sitting, I remember where I was when I got the name for it. Um, I was sitting in my bedroom and I started thinking about how I always called myself and uh, really looked as myself as king based off of scripture saying, you know, we are a royal priesthood. Um, so I've carried that since, what, 2013, 2014. Like, wow. you know, that's something my wife kind of has said when she, when she first shot her shot with me was that, like, I've always seen you on the timeline talking about being a king, but I can actually see that you live it. Mm. Uh, and I've had a journey over the past three years where God has really uh, worked on my heart, worked on just me in general. And I felt like, all right, there's something that's needed for men so that they understand who they are and what their purpose is. Um, but more importantly, to call them out of the world and into kingship. Right. Uh, so it started off as the word king and I don't I don't really know how I was able to drop the I <laughs> but 
about the eye out of it and said K and G and I said, okay, like everybody sees the word king, everybody's doing it. I have to be different. And I believe God works in difference. Um, and so somehow, some way, like K and G, when you say it, it says king. Mm-hmm. You just don't see an eye out of it. Right. And immediately I said, kings need God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found that the name came to me very quickly. I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Um, and as I started to kind of really work on it, I realized that the eye was taken away because of a reason. That mm. king, kingship doesn't start with us, it starts with him. It starts with um, him, absolutely. And so uh, fast forward to now, like I've, I've been desiring to get back to doing what I was doing. I'm, outside of Royal Manhood TV, like before that, I did a blog called um, it's weird how God kind of like shows you things that you did and right. <laughs> put back down. Um, and so I randomly came across a blog that I used to do. I think it was a screenshot that said more to a man. Mm. I said, I've been doing this since 2013. I don't even really realize it. Right. Uh, and so this time around, I said, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it no matter who's listening um, and hopes that and, and hopes that other guys no matter if it's one guy a year, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to say that me being a king had nothing to do with me. Right. Me raving, raising the banner of kingship had nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. Right. No, so, you know, we, here we are today with Kings Need God, and, um, and I just released a logo where it showed kind of, you know, you don't see anybody's face, you see a silhouette. Right. right. Uh, so, Showing that it's not about whoever it is in that silhouette. Amen. Uh, it's not about the the crown or anything like that. And it's on a playing card too, because life is like a deck of cards. So, right. like, you know, no matter where you are in life, like you are a king who needs God daily. So. Daily. Amen. Amen, man. That's that's beautiful. And so, one of the questions I have written down that I wanted to ask uh-huh. Elliot. Um, is uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned a part of it earlier that you've always uh, since 2013 been in it, but how has coming to God shaped your life? Mm, good As question. a man, yeah, yeah. So, uh, brief, I guess, brief story. Like I came to God twice <laughs> in my life. At 13, I was in a car accident. Uh, my mom and my sister. Um, and the way the car kind of slid, if another car was coming, it would have impacted me and I could have died. Wow. Uh, so in the most traumatic of senses, I said, where would I go if I was to die that day? So the next day I got baptized and, and got saved. Um, so that was at 13, 20 or seven years later, mm-hmm. like I was living in sin and doing a whole bunch of stuff that was out, out of the will of God for my life and not really understanding you know exactly how this walk was supposed to be like I just thought I was good um, after that until I started going to church again and realized that I wasn't good um, that I was still like a wretched person who needed a savior right. so at age 20 um, I it was re- really after a breakup <laughs> mm-hmm. I think every guy comes to, comes to Jesus after some terrible right. breakup whatever <laughs> uh, the situation true. with a girl who um I would even say, I would even venture, and this is probably for a book or, you know, another podcast episode, I would even venture and say that she was my Delilah, mm. um, where, like, I was 
so like people would look at me like you are wilding like this ain't the one my dad was right. not the one and because I felt like I needed her there like for some reason like she stayed there until God was like hey I've been trying to wake you up for a long time right um so at age 20, I remember August 3rd, 2011, uh, before I turned 21, I got baptized. Uh, and that moment started really helping me to see life from the way that God had viewed us. Mm. Uh, now, I can't say from 2011 to 2019 that it's been easy. Right, absolutely. Uh, there have been uh, many days where, like, I question, like, maybe in the past, up until last year, maybe from 2014 to 2017, and really 2017 in totality, I really questioned who God was. Mm. I doubted him. I got to a place where I was like, I don't even want to do this walk anymore. Um, and that's because I went through a series of years where it was torment. Like, right. I, nothing was going right. I was getting laid off from jobs left and right, year after year. Uh, I had these highs and then go right back down, uh, dealt with a little bit of depression. And so, immediately, I, I would say that, you know, my walk with God has impacted my life in a way where it shows me that there, one, there's not, multi- there's not multiple ways to get to the Father. There's only through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people are claiming now the universe is, you know, our, our Savior and, you know, manifest this and that. And it's like, no, like, only Jesus can save. And literally, that's my story. And, like, Jesus is the one who saved my life. He was the one that turned my life upside down. And he was the one that even through those valley of seasons was right there, even when I felt like he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as shaping my life, shaped my life for the better. Like, I, I don't know where I would be without him. Mm, and, amen. And, there is so many, like, I've had, and again, like, I talk about friends a whole lot because, you know, I've seen it happen where, you know, friends start to question you, mm. question what you believe, and um, you start to realize, I remember when I got baptized in 2011, me and my homeboys do everything together. Right. <laughs> and I had a moment where I was like, I'm not getting baptized if my homies aren't getting baptized. Right. And that's not how this that's not how this walk works. So if I were to say another thing that shaped my, my ideal when it came to my life and God was that walking with him means wholeheartedly that there are going to be people who do not walk it with you, mm-hmm. that you have loved, yep. that you have done life with. Uh, that, and it's the most difficult thing ever, but you have to realize that at the end of the day, God is going to supply all of our needs. And he's not talking about just monetary, he's right. talking about relationships. Relationships, as well, um, yeah. yeah. So for me, like you know, God has been the center of my world, and um, and now, like you know, I was just having a conversation with my wife, and we talked about how God has celebrated our our marriage, our dating. Like we dated from May to December of 2018, got engaged and married on the same day in December 2018. Wow! And now we're bringing a baby in in December. And I literally had a moment maybe sometime this year where I said, God, why do you continue to celebrate this? Like, mm. slow down. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have to accelerate it because mm. this is what you were missing when you weren't doing the will. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And, and, so, and that's the same, that's the same prophecy in the word that she got too, is that 
you know, once you start committing to God and his will, he's going to start doing things that you're like, whoa, wait a second. I didn't think that this was happening soon. Um, I've had moments with God where I'm like, I hear him very clearly in my ear, and then maybe 2.5 seconds it happens. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, like, there's, there's just, I'm now more than anything, I think in my entire eight years of walking with God, Mm-hmm. The past two years, I felt more closer to him than I have in the past eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really because I just surrendered and said, I, was, I remember surrendering at the end of 2017. And I said, like, I went to, I had moved mm-hmm. to uh, Georgia. It didn't work out. I was there for a month to a car accident, some people left and right, losing income. Mm-hmm. And I came back home and I literally like, didn't know what to do. End of December 17th, or end of, end of 2017, I said, you know what, God? I don't know what's next, but I know I need you. Mm-hmm. And I know I can't without you. So here's my yes. I put my yes on the table, whatever you want to do. Next thing you know, get a job offer. My wow. girlfriend took my life. Wow. Uh, and then I get laid off from my job in 2017, or 2018, around this time, actually. Wow. Uh, September 2018 and when I got laid off I literally could have been like God like what are you doing I knew exactly what he was doing (laughs) he was preparing he was preparing for something bigger and so I was like I looked at the people who laid me off and I said I'm thankful like it was the first time I ever said I'm thankful for someone letting me go (laughs) like (laughs) I said that's the God because like I've been let go three times now yeah. So I'm like, this time around was more like a, hey, like, I get it. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I walked out praising God saying, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you have something good on the other side. And this was the good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say, like, you know, for for me, like, th- I can't even really put it into words. Like, we could have a conversation all about the position God holds in my life and it's only getting better like you know, we bringing in a child in December um, mm-hmm. we're literally talking about some business ideas that we feel like the Lord is leading us into and there's still there's a whole lot more to see uh, and Amen. so I'm excited about it uh, and a little bit uncomfortable and I think that's exactly what God wants me to do. Hey, the, from what I've learned from my walk man like when it's uncomfortable, that's when we should rejoice, right? Because we know that, <laughs> you know, we know there's, there is a whole lot coming at the other end. And, uh, one of the things that you've, uh, you've mentioned a lot and, uh, and you said this may be a next uh, segment of podcast for you is, um, friendship. You mentioned that a lot and you saying your first, um, coming to Christ was at 13 after that car accident. Now, as a teenager, and having friends and being susceptible to peer pressure, how were you able to, you know, put off the peer pressure of your friends to say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, walk in my own direction. I'm going to like keep on this path, even though, you know, we know it's not perfect all the time, but doing your best to keep on that path. So at 13, I don't think I really like, so it wasn't that I legit was like, hey guys, this is what I'm doing. Now, at right. age 20, it was a different, it was a different conversation. Like, right. you know, I, some of my closest friends were like, so you're not having sex anymore? And I'm like, nah, like, 
he was like, bro, like you're only 20, like you got your whole life to live. Like I stopped, I stopped clubbing really before I went and got baptized and, and got yeah. saved. But I really like just stopped doing a whole bunch of stuff for some years. So I was like, yeah. I can't do it. Like I just can't. And a lot of a lot of times, there were times when, in, especially in college, where that temptation arose mm-hmm. and that temptation took over. Like you know. There are times where, like, I was fully saved, fully committed to God, but sleeping with multiple women wow. in one week. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's for a college student and being on the college campus. I don't wish that on nobody. Like, right, right. You are if you are in college and you are living for the Lord and you're really being surrendered to God on that. God bless you. That's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of temptation that I wasn't able to kind of grasp until like my senior year when I was like, all right, like I'm really sick of it. Um, but for you know, I think a lot of my friends were understanding, mm-hmm. but then there were times where they were still trying to like, yo, like come out to the show, like you know, just right. don't want to. It's like, mm, nah, that's okay. It wasn't really until recently where. Like I really felt the Lord separating me from my friends, right. from my group. Where I was like, I don't care about what many of y'all got to say. <laughs> right. um, like you got something when you got a promise in your heart from God. Mm-hmm. When you got something that you know, you know, the Lord has a heavy on you. You become more reluctant to separate yourself. Or if you don't separate yourself, I think I said this before. God will sever that tie for you. He will sever it for you. And sometimes it's not pretty when he does, right? No, it's not. Like, and when he severed my tie, I mean, it was ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's never pretty. Yeah, it's never pretty. So, I mean, peer pressure is always going to be there. I think that's that's a part of the temptation of, of Satan is that he looks to use people closest to you to yeah. try to get you. Uh, like that's one of his his main sphere of influences. That's why you have to watch who you, you know. I think Bible even talks about that. You have to watch yeah. who you're around and who with your surroundings. Yeah. If they are not walking with the Lord, nine times out of ten, they're going to try to stray you away from them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they don't really know that they're doing it either. Like it's just like Satan knows he's doing it, but they don't know that they're doing it. Hey, can use people and he can use those closest to you. You don't even recognize it. Right. One of the, um, I, f- I think, I forgot which pastor said this, but um, I forgot his name. He was, a, he was an old timer. He was speaking on um, the Jezebel spirit. And mm-hmm. he said that you have to be gracious to the person, but not yeah. to the spirit. And, you know, it's one of the things that, we struggle to do as because you know we are humans, and sometimes we may see somebody doing something that don't know that they're doing something, and we can get caught up in the emotions and such, and go about it the same the wrong way. For example, when I got baptized, the friends that I was around at the time, who were instrumental in leading me to church and leading me to God, when I got on fire for God, would come and ask me, y'all, like, yo, one of my friends in particular asked me, he's like, yo, what did you do? Did you kill somebody or something? Because you're looking for God like wow. that. <laughs> right? and, wow. and, you know, right? And I said, man, I said, I said, no, nah, man, I just realized, like, all my life, like, how wrong I have been. And I'm trying to, 
you know, make up for lost time here in the sense that once I got the truth of God, it was just like, okay, nothing else mattered. Like everything that mattered to me now is just like, okay, how can I do his work? How can I be in his will? How can I follow his footsteps? You know, and it's not a perfect walk, but every day, like I'm having to wake up with humility that I didn't have before. And what does integrity mean to you? And how are you walking that out? And how does, you know, having your relationship that you have with God, how does that help you walk out integrity every day of your life as a man? And how important is that for a man to have? Sure. So for me, integrity means uh, being a man of your word, Mm -hmm. um, doing what you say you're going to do. That's something that's always been big for me, always been like kind of key is that, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, like plain and simple. And there's no, there's not going to be any games with it. There's not going to be any, you know, phoniness with it. I, I speak, you know, a lot on, I really speak a lot on my wife. So if anybody's listening, like, you know, my wife is really like the biggest gift that God could give me. And wow. so there's a lot of things within our relationship where God has shown me some things about myself, mm. but I've also been able to replicate or, or he's really replicated his love uh, for me through her and vice versa. Mm. So it was a time in my, in our relationship where she, she just like is very big on don't tell me, just, just show me. Mm. I'm someone that says, because I'm like a man of my word, if I speak something, it's done. Like, it's done right right she i guess we got to a, a time in our relationship where everything is great like nothing's wrong mm-hmm. and she's just amazed every single time when i follow up on something that i do wow. or uh, something that i say and i'm just like well i do that because i mean that's who i am but that's also integrity for me is that mm-hmm. you know i gotta follow up with what i say i was gonna do right. if i said i was gonna start this business then i'm up till three o'clock which i have been recently up till right. 3 o'clock in the morning trying to figure it out. Um, if I say I was going to wash the car, the car's going to get washed. I mean, I get washed when you want to wash. Right. But it's going to get washed because I'm a man of my word. Um, another aspect of integrity for me is obedience. Mm. Uh, and I've, I can't say that all into my entire walk that I've always been obedient to God. Right. I mean, even when we got married, like I knew the Lord was telling me to get married now. Mm. for the sense of urgency but there was another part of it where he was telling me to do and I was like ah, I'm a little uncomfortable with that I'm not going to do it and because I didn't do it I saw the wrath that happened mm. which mm. which wasn't you know it wasn't no big thing like you know it wasn't saying that I, I got married on the wrong pretenses got married on the right pretenses uh, but my family wasn't here for it right. and so I was supposed to communicate something to him and I didn't do it uh, and so that that kind of showed like that showed me very big on how when you hear God tell you to do something and you don't do it, there like something after that is going to be very very like hurtful to other people. And mm-hmm. so integrity for me is being obedient to God, but being obedient to just whatever the law or the, whatever the Lord has placed in your life, whether it's like even just you know, driving, like there are days where I'm like, I could really throw this out the window, 
but this is God's earth. And I'm not going to fuck with that. Like, and there was a time in my life where that even became a thing where, like, I would get out the car when I was in college and I was saved. And I put, like, a McDonald's cup on, like, on the side of the road. I just placed it and I walked out. There was no trash cans on the way back to the dorm room. Right. I would come back to my car. That McDonald's cup is sitting right on top of my car. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I said, all right, like, I don't need to do that no more. Because clearly God is saying, don't do this to, right. to uh, what I've created every year. And so integrity, obedience, being a man of your word, um, and also really, like, for for my relationship with God, because I'm surrendered, like, I look for many different ways to honor and serve in many different capacities. One yeah. of my main, my, one of my main roles right now is being a husband. Like, mm-hmm. honoring my wife is showing integrity. Yeah. Um, there's never a day where people can say, Elliot said this about his wife and it was terrible or it was... Like, he doesn't, like, I build up my wife. Like, right. even if she makes me mad, like, still she gets built up because Amen. integrity for me shows that you got to honor the people who are in your life. You got to honor the person who, the, who you're with for the rest of your life. Um, even boiling down to your parents. Like, I had a conversation with my, my family when we went back home last week. And, you know, honoring my father, who's a Ghanaian man, yeah. is, it's a crucial thing. Like, it's a big thing. Yes. I'm not that mother's father for your days shall be longer on this earth. Like, I, there, there are so many, like, defining moments when it comes to integrity for men um, that we could talk about. And I think one of the biggest things, though, for me has always been re- being respectful to women. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what boils me up so much when I don't see respect towards a woman. When I get so angry and mad about it, I'm like, I'm mad because we're supposed to respect people in general, but disrespecting God's daughters, like, you're going to have your day with God. <laughs> hey, <laughs> man. <laughs> and, and that's how I feel about it. He wants us to love, serve, to protect, to provide for his daughters. If we're married to them, if we're dating them, if we are just sisters, brothers and sisters, like, they all deserve respect. Amen. Uh, and so, if anything, like, if I was to close this question, it would be, like, my biggest strong point about integrity is being respectful to others and loving people as God loves them. Amen. Amen. Yeah. See, that, that's, that's beautiful that you mentioned that. You mentioned the piece about God's daughters, because I was uh, reading a, a book from Tommy Ariyomi called... Uh, Eat, sleep, prophesy, repeat. And he said along the lines of the same things. It's like the three G's of God that you do not mess with. God's glory, God's girls, and God's gold. You know what I mean? And so the fact that you just mentioned that is is deep because a lot of men don't think of it that way. And especially now with the social climate as we're seeing a divisive climate pushing the woman against the man. And, you know pitting the woman against the man and vice versa the man against the woman and it's something to be said for the men that is willing to still regardless of what society's pushing to hold that respect and honor the women that they have in their life and not go do nothing crazy or do nothing wrong which is what our nature dictates for us to do but to be able to find that uh, that's big man that's really big yeah yeah so you married the same day you proposed 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I wanted to I, I wanted to come back to that. So, like I said, my wife and I met February 2018, mm. um, and I remember when we we met Super Bowl February 2018, where the Philadelphia Eagles were won against the Patriots. Yeah. So online, mind you, we met on social media. I saw her. I don't know how. Like, and this is, and when I say I don't know how, really, it's because God literally kind of strategically placed everything. Mm. I don't know what it was. Like, I was. I remember seeing some. There was another girl named Larissa mm. on Facebook, and I was like, oh, like, you know, I've been looking. I don't know why I've been looking for a girl named Larissa, but she, her picture came up on my feed one day mm. before Super Bowl Sunday. And some little sly comments saying, because she yeah. said something about she got ready in 2.5 seconds. And I said, you a lot. Mm. <laughs> like, you didn't get 2.5 seconds. So I, that was my way of flirting. Yeah. At the time, I didn't have a, didn't have a job. Um, because I got into a car wreck in Atlanta, my car was told I didn't have a car. I had yeah. nothing. So I was like, nah, like, I'm not. And I think at the time I was trying to also shoot my shot at somebody else. Um, and it wasn't working out. And so one day she... Popped up on my feet again on Super Bowl Sunday, and I was just looking, looking at her pictures, looking, looking through, and I'm like, she's very beautiful. Like, I think I'm gonna shoot the shot, and I was like, no, God, I'm not shooting my shot. <laughs> I'm not shooting my shot until until I get a job. Once mm. I get a job, then I shoot my shot. Right. So same day, I'm watching the Super Bowl, and she messages me on Twitter. Mm. And I'm in the living room like, I told you what I'm not doing. (laughs) (laughs) Told you that. But bro, the next day, God gave me a job offer. Wow. And immediately I said, okay, no, no, no. I'm not pursuing nobody to get a car. Later. Wow. And immediately, like, I said, okay. Like, when one of my, my cousins, he was like, I think God just removed all your excuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started entertaining, like, all right, like, this is long distance. She's in Indiana. I'm in North Carolina. Let's just see, you know, what's, what God has. And God, from February to December, God took us on a long distance. Well, we really, really made it official as a boyfriend and girlfriend thing in May of 2018. And that's a whole nother spiritual conversation. Wow. Like, from the day we saw each other, it was as if I had never, like, I have always been with this girl. Wow. Like, I had, like, I can, I still can't explain that experience in my own words, but I tell people all the time, like, I had never, like, I've knew her all my life from the moment I saw her the first time. Wow. Looked into her eyes, was all crying and everything like that. Like, it was one of those deep spiritual moments for me. I was like, I never felt this with a woman before. And I remember the Lord wrote in my heart during that weekend, I had found the one in which my soul was pleased. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, why am I getting these scriptures? Like, I haven't read that scripture in a long time. <laughs> so I was like, why is that scripture coming up? Mm. And every time I saw her, I like, that's the scripture that I would hear. That I was found, I found the one in which my soul was pleased, and so from May to December we went on a long distance journey, and God had shown Himself in many different forms and facets. Like she would tell me, you know, 
her parents are a little, her, or her mom's a little bit, you know, strict and, you know, it can be mean. I met her mom and it was almost like I was her, her son the first day I met her. Wow. Um, it, it was just like I was really pouring it on for us. And in the midst of that, when we talk about friends, like, you know, I, somehow, some way in the system, the Lord was like, I use her to also get you away from the thing that was being toxic to you. Right. Um, and so she was supposed to move to Raleigh, and the friends that we had ended up, like, separating from us, ended up being separated, got separated at five. So I ended up having to move out here. And fast forward to about November when I moved out here, December 2018, I'm working at FedEx, working a low-end job, mm-hmm. not paying that much. We're living at her parents' house. And I'm literally at FedEx, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I hear God say, you need to move with a sense of urgency. Wow. And I'm like... This urgency with what? Like, I can't. <laughs> right. like I'm working at FedEx. Like I'm waiting on you to give me the job. And he's like, I'm not talking about that. Mm. You need to move with a sense of urgency. And so I remember calling some of my brothers up, and I said, Yo, like this is what I feel like the Lord is doing. This is what I feel like He's leading me into. And Scripture comes up: uh, It's better to marry than to burn. Mm. Ah, okay. And so I talked to her about it. I said, yo, like, this is what I feel like the Lord is leading us to. She opened up her phone, her Bible app, and literally that scripture was sitting right there when she opened it. Wow. And I was like, okay, God, you went cool. Like, I don't, I don't mind marrying the girl. Yeah. I just want to do it with my family. Like, I had a plan. We weren't getting married until literally 2019. Yeah. May of 2019 or first quarter of 2019 and God's like, mm, no. So we got engaged and we got married that same night. Like, I believe it was my obedience that led me into getting a job. It was right. my obedience that now we were able to get approved for an apartment and move in a swift pace and then now we're bringing in a child. Right. The Lord is faithful, man. Like, one day we'll probably write the book about our relationship journey, but we never stopped to we never, we always take a chance to tell people our story because we believe wholeheartedly that God handcrafted it for us. Right, absolutely. Could know that God really, really cares about our love life. Yeah. And he all cares about, like, I tell people, you know, she's my seemingly above all that could ever ask for a thing. I couldn't pick a better wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women that I wanted before her, I look back now and I'm like, Thank God, right? <laughs> Thank God that he said that. Right. Thank God. So, yeah, man, like, that's probably one of the wildest things I've done. Mm. And that's how I know with God it was not me. Like, if I told, I tell people, like, if I would have had it my way, I would have did it my way. Like, way I, wouldn't gotten, I wouldn't have gotten married that fast. Mm. Uh, because it's not normal. Like, people tell you to wait. Like, don't get married until two or three years and then I realized that God's timetable he doesn't care about your timetable right you know we make all these excuses about you know oh I don't want to marry this girl because you know I need this that and third together I didn't have it all together and mm-hmm. God he kind of caught it up as, yeah. as he wanted. wow that, 
that's that's a word, man. That's a word. It's refreshing to hear you say that, man. And it falls in line with what you're doing with uh, King Needs God. And um, speaking of King Needs God, I was listening to your piece, uh, Time Peace. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you said something that resonated with me. Because I'm, I'm the same way in the sense that you mentioned that when God tells you to go, you want to be yeah. able to just like go. You know, and can you expound on that as well too? It just, uh, you know, what that looks like for you and how much preparing comes before you hearing the word go and for you to be able to go, you know what I mean? Right. So if I could go back and like expound on topics a little bit more, I was in a time where like I felt as though time was... And it has been because mm. I'm in an acceleration season. Yeah. I felt like time was moving so fast that I like was wasting time. Yeah. Um, and so for me, when it comes to God saying go, like I've been listening to Michael Todd's Crazy Faith series mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, it's a good series. And I, yeah, very good series. I realized that God, God's going to put a total stop on something that's not him. Mm-hmm. Like literally he's going to tell you like, don't, no. But I think there's also the yellow light moment, which I think Michael Pop talks about, where he's like, go with caution. Like, right. just continue to move, continue to go. <clears throat> and picking back on like our relationship, my, my wife and I's relationship, there's a pace of grace, as Michael Pop talks about, where you just walk through things that one, you have total peace about, but two, you know that you're just really walking in the will of the will of God. Now there's no really way of knowing a hundred percent that mm-hmm. you're totally in the will of God. But I believe wholeheartedly that if he gives you the peace to go, if you like are making a decision and you have peace about that decision, then continue to walk. I think Michael Todd has talked about like move with the cloud or walking with the cloud um, and understanding I think he was talking about Samuel um, and Samuel not knowing what was next like mm-hmm. God gave him instructions Samuel goes and he's like he walks into the city he's like do you come in peace and he's like yeah I think so like that's how I, how I look at the timing of God is that mm-hmm. you're walking until you hear the next thing yeah Whether absolutely you're walking until you hear the next thing. And that's probably what I need this week. So that, like, I need that reminder. But it's knowing that, like, the timing of God is just knowing that he's going to put a whole stop on something if it's not him or if it's not his will. He's going to make, let it be known. There are days where there was, prior to me moving to Atlanta in 2017, I felt like I was walking with God. I thought I just, I had it all together. Before I jumped into that truck row, to go to Atlanta, Georgia, I had two violent dreams. Wow. And I still got in that truck and went to Atlanta. It was warnings from God. Right. God gave me a thing, and I just chose not to listen. I was like, well, maybe I just, because I had a cigar probably that day. I thought, maybe it was the effect of the cigar. I'm Googling, right. do you have bad dreams when you smoke cigars before you go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> and... No, like, you know, I found out later on that, that God was trying to, to stop me from doing it, and I just mm. wouldn't have it. So I think 
you know, speaking on, on time, I think the Lord, he wants us to continue to move. Uh, he doesn't want us to be stagnant. I think there are times where you, you are in your uh, obscurity season where you're hidden and you're just, it's just you and him and he's building you up. I do like, for example, getting married, like my wife and I weren't fully prepared to be married. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we hone too much on prepare, 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 prepare and be, you know, an expert. I don't think you become an expert until you are tu- truly, fully in it. Right. Like, I don't believe God will make you an expert before you walk into something. Right. Um, because that goes against what his word says, that he doesn't qualify, he qualifies the call. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. So, mm-hmm. he, he's not going to qualify you before you get the thing. He's right. going to qualify you in the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, for me, like now, timing is about just fully walking with him and knowing when he's saying steps and when he's right. ordering those steps and when he's not. There are some, you know, passions and dreams of mine that I've had to do where as I began to do them, my spirit would be like, you better just put it down. Yeah. <laughs> but there are other times, like, you know, this past week, like, I've been working on things and it's just constant, like, I'm going... I'm going to watch you to see what you do. Right. I'm going to be here with you. And so I, it's, it's a scary time, but it's also a fun time, too. So I think, you know, when it comes to time, we always have to understand that God is over time. Uh, like, it's, it's not ours to kind of fix. It's not yeah. ours to control. Uh, you can be single one year, <laughs> get married the next the year. Next. You, Amen. you can be uh, jobless one year and then next year you can be at six figures with just one idea. You know, that's how great God's blessing is. So, Amen, amen. Thank you for that, man. And what I get from uh, the, last, the last part of what you said is uh, when you said uh, getting being single one year, getting married the next, and being broke one year and being six figures the next is that when we're in God, there is no need to ever give up, even though we know sometimes the trials and the tribulations come and they try to like push us under. But, and once the last question I have for you, man, if, mm-hmm. if you could say anything mm-hmm. now, having lived and having gained the knowledge and wisdom that you've now possessed, if you could say anything to your 15 year old self, if you could look Ooh. in the mirror and see your 15 year old self, what would you say to your 15-year-old self? Oh, man, there's a lot of... We would have to have coffee together. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. Of self. So I, think, I think the first thing I would say is that you don't need to be accepted to be loved. Mm. I, when I was 15 years old, like I had an issue with always wanting to be a part, be accepted, be known, um, my dad said, you know, a, lo- a long time ago, I had this issue growing up where I felt like I needed approval all the time and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Realize acceptance doesn't pay, pay anything. It doesn't pay right. bills. It don't do nothing for you. It's right. just a temp- it's just like any other sin or any other drug. Like, it's just temporary gateway. Right. Like, you just need that to feel happy in a moment. But once that acceptance or that uh, approval is gone, now you're back to square one. 
Uh, so I would tell my 15 year old self, you don't need to be accepted to love. You're already loved. Um, and that love comes from, from the Father in heaven. Uh, he will supply all of your needs. He will find you. I, I had a big thing with finding the one myself. Um, at 15 years old, I don't know why, but at 15 years old, be patient. God is going to bring her, and it's going to be one of the most wildest things you've ever gone through. But just know that you're going to have peace in the middle of it. Um, but you have your whole life ahead of you. You don't have to uh, try to be all things to all people right now. For uh, 15 years old, focus on being 15 and not try to be uh, 15 going on 25. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So take your time. Elliot, my brother, again, I'll say thank you so much uh, for taking the time to sit with us today and have this conversation, man. And, you know, with everything that God has on your plate, and as you already know, it is all done. And so you don't have to worry about anything. I know, I know sometimes, like, even though we get the word and there comes a time where we, you know, we get frustrated and saying like, hey, you know, this is, but everything is done, my brother. And I only pray that God will continue to bless you and use you mightily for the kingdom. Thank you guys for listening to Men of Integrity Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Mo Integrity to keep up with what we're doing in the community. See you guys in the next episode.